0: Long players, welcome to the long play listening party. We are trying something new tonight. We're just kind of hanging out, seeing if we can capture a bit of the vibe that we have when the mics are off and we're just uh, we're just talking, the three of us. Background music by Selvage tonight, and we're going to hear a track from Nate at the end. Uh, but it's not anything we're really going to talk about. Links will be in the show notes. We were in the middle of a discussion about Dawes and recording and Nate. Was about to make the next point, Nate. What's on your mind? Um,
1: well, I I just forgot exactly what Orsh was saying, but my point was uh, responding to him about um, working in Pro Tools today, and uh, I was mixing a song, and it was it was giving those errors, but I was running like a full mix session. I had you know eight additional tracks i had um you know a couple uh, decent plug-in chains and and everything and i was kind of um doing some editing in the arrangement view i was dragging like kind of you know uh control click dragging um uh, audio region and that's when it would uh freeze up but then i could like hit play and it would play again um
2: but, so it would stop. It would stop playing, or it would like completely lock up the program.
1: No, it just uh, it just stopped playing. But um, I think we were talking about you know learning different DAWs and, and editing, and um, you know it, I was kind of gonna jump off that point um, by talking about editing and Pro Tools and how you know it wasn't until you know this kind of big session and like. I was doing different things that I normally wouldn't be doing if I was just mixing. I'd just be kind of, you know, looking and and turning things and whatever. Um, But, uh, so, 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 you know, mixing is nice. I like the feel of mixing, but trying to create is, like you said, it feels pretty, uh, like, utilitarian. Yeah, very
2: much. Um, so you I, guys
0: both, you move between DAWs depending on what you're trying to do and what kind of stage of the process you're in. I'm very much, I was Pro Tools only up until four or five years ago. I, I made a hard switch to Reaper, and I've been Reaper ever since. So this this idea of kind of moving around between DAWs is different to me.
2: Yeah, man, I got to the point where, like, I just treat them like, like sneakers, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, it just depends on what the task is. I love Pro Tools for I love it for editing. Like, I can edit quickly and I don't have to think about it. You know, I can see the edits. I know what's coming up. I mean, like, everything mixing and mastering. um, I can do it all in Pro Tools, but I just don't have fun creating in Pro Tools. It feels like work. Uh, And, like I said before, I love the freedom of logic uh I, I like everything about logic i just don't know see
1: that. i want to I, I think logic would be fun to do both in like to to create and then it also it seems like mixing would feel a little more natural than it does in ableton um mm, just because it, it does you. have it does have you know it's dedicated it's got that dedicated you can make it dedicated view right
2: like that yeah mix, yeah, yeah. Man, uh, you have so many dedicated views and, yeah, and you can logic. you can
1: customize it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, I really I really enjoy it, but man, but
1: it's it's hard to learn. I I it's it's I'm, I'm probably I probably just need to sit down with it for like 2 days and and really learn it, but it just felt like it was I was forcing myself to do it where like once I started work, you know, working back in Ableton, it was like, oh, I it was just I knew what I was doing. I wasn't even really thinking about it. I, I, I was like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm making a song now. I'm not actually like <laughs> trying to figure out." Like, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's like guitars, right? Like everybody doesn't like the same guitars or the same way they feel. Um, it's your workflow and uh, logic. For me, I just never really had to think about. I mean, never, like, from the very first time I... Because I started with Logic way back when it was eMagic. I don't know if you guys knew that. They were, like, a hmm. German company that made Logic, and it was completely different than once Apple got a hold of it. But I was using it then, and it was sick, man. Heck, like, the most creative sound libraries, you never... I mean, you could find anything you wanted in, in any second. Um, so, you know, I used it for mixing... If I had something in there or I recorded a bunch of people in there and I really didn't want to try to move stuff over or whatever, I would mix in there. And Logic works seamlessly with Pro Tools. Like, I could use Logic like a tape deck right into Pro Tools uh, through Rewire and, yep. and never even actually have to worry about, like, transferring files, you know? Like, just do the whole thing. It was slick. I, I liked it. I just, I never did update to 10 and, man, that's been forever ago so I'm in a box and I think Ableton is the next one to tackle I'm learning digital performer right now
1: yeah because you need to right <laughs> didn't cause you because uh, your studio went to Motu didn't it
2: yeah we um, everything all the gear that we had in that big space we got rid of it it's just so that we could we, we needed better syncing issues you know what I mean? Like without getting into pro tools where you're going to spend 20 grand just to try to sync video and and all that kind of stuff. And Motu is always known for time and it works perfectly because over there, our workflow is, um, a couple of cameras, a live switcher, and then all the audio and I'm mixing live and it's all got to be married up in real time. Um, so it's just, it's just different, but man, that, that's a sweet little setup and digital performer mm-hmm. um, it's like when you think you want to do something you reach for something and it makes sense to be where it's at you know what i'm saying whereas i never people swear by studio one i hate studio one I, that, <laughs> out of every doll i've ever used i that's the one that i, I like the least i think it's a blend of it doesn't know what it wants to be. It has kind of an identity problem, right? Like it doesn't know if it wants to be a professional uh, studio doll or if it wants to be a production doll. Did what you spend a lot of time in it? Be. Like four years, you know.
1: Because uh, I, because uh, I, you know, I my, inter- my interface is personas, so I have a I have a license for the yeah. artist, <laughs> uh, the artist five, and I was wondering if I, I mean, I downloaded it obviously and yeah, I have it, but I, I really haven't opened it other than I think I
2: opened it once and like a, you know scanned all my plugins so I sat there for like I five minutes I watch a lot of people <laughs> um, rave about it I watch a ton of tutorials and the way they use it all makes sense to me it's just not the way I work and, and I think I, I think it's I think it's a workflow thing like I want to be able to create I don't want to have to think about it you know what i'm saying once i start thinking about it i, I, I just lose the mood like i'm just it's, it's just a job you know mm-hmm. and i don't want to feel like that and and, and maybe i could have spent another four years and mastered it but i needed to move on it, it did have limitations for uh what we're doing over there so you yeah. know hmm. i should come over there and watch you use ableton
1: yeah man anytime You sure you're invited I, like I said, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a super user. Uh, there's a Twitch channel, KJ Saka, um, does Ableton hacks. I think it's. I can't remember if it's. Uh, it, it's probably completely wrong. I thought it was Wednesday or Friday, um, but he does. He has like three, at, at least that I know of, three uh, times a week. He's on Twitch. He's doing like uh drum stuff on like mondays um i think like 60 minute songwriting on another day and then he does ableton hacks and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon or something and i and i try to like watch it but i, I usually have to work so uh <laughs> but uh he, he's he's a he would be a good person to check out if you get a chance i'm sure you, i'm sure
2: they're archived and you can watch whatever yeah. episodes Pulled it up and I was listening to Pro Tools Expert this week and they were doing a podcast over do you need Pro Tools to be a professional uh, which was a very interesting podcast but what they towards the end and they didn't talk about it all the way through the show really was Reaper and they were talking to people about uh, what their favorite dolls are and one guy was like I was a Pro Tools dude, I switched to Reaper, I've never looked back. <laughs> it made me think of you, Howie. <laughs> it's me.
0: It's me. If any, I'm not going to do it now, but if anybody out there needs the hard sell, I'll, I'll give it to you. But also you can just, it's free to try for like, I don't know what the deal is now. I mean, you could basically try it for like 30 days or something. Licenses are super affordable. Uh, so it's really easy to try if you want to get your feet wet with Reaper. Okay. Well, I know I've got questions for each of you. I've, I've thought about ahead of time. I don't know how, if we want to do them. Or I, Royce, I know you've got some thoughts about last week's episode with uh, my album, Your Pain Matters. You might have a question for me. So I don't know if we want to get into it or should I ask somebody a question?
2: Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready.
0: Alright, you're ready. Okay, so here's my question for you. I'm giving you five million dollars. Okay. Alright. And I picked that number.
1: Oh how you got questions. I got questions. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I picked that number because He's got it's questions enough
3: for you.
0: You know, you could build something really nice. Or you know, you could you could travel and work on the road, you know, or you could buy just crazy gear, or but it's not enough to do everything. I got you right. It's not like Jay-Z money or whatever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm giving you $5 million tonight. What do you, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Musically? What do you do with it? Professionally? You know, where does your, what, cause what I'm really trying to get at is like, where does your heart go what what is interesting to you if you don't really have to work right you could put it in the in the bank and and just do whatever you want you know if you were if you were pretty conscious about it so that's option no, too I, so that's uh, what I'm trying to get at
2: I actually have a, a, a million dollar uh, goal and okay so for me what what I think about is if you think about like, really combating things like racism or sexism or things of those natures. It's really through images, you know? Um, and as creatives, we have the, the greatest ability to affect people's thoughts through our art. So, that's the kind of stuff that I would, I mean, in a dream world, I'd like to just, just make art that shows, has great depictions of. Has other stories about black men that we don't get to see you know what i'm saying yes. all the different variations of it they're black republicans they're okay it's okay they're still part of the group <laughs> you know what i mean like but just that's what i would do i'd create like a lot of different type of art that children could grow up and see themselves like no matter what situation they're in they're like oh okay yeah this guy's doing that thing i want to go do that thing and and just be able to uh get into it because like a lot of stuff that we have a lot of what you're dealing with with racism and and sexism and all the isms really are your preconceived notions of who people are you know if you change those narratives Then you can begin to have conversations because people don't just have walls go up. So that's what I would do with uh, that $5 million, for sure.
0: all mediums. I mean, images, movies, music.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would probably, what I would like to focus on is creating movies that are centered around music, so they wouldn't be like feature films or anything like that. They would literally be like music videos, kind of, but more like stories. You know that that can be told through a music video, um, and give people everything that they they like about art. And give them the music, give them the visuals, but a good story to go along with it, and and just team up with other people who have ideas and stories that they'd like to put out there, you know, for people to see. So yeah. So this that, is that five this is, is seed gone. money
0: for your production company. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I see. I see and i like i mean you still got to have a business sense about it right because you're not going to get very far with just five million if you if your stories don't make it back
2: right so you've right. got
0: to break even or turn a little bit of profit so that you can make the next one exactly i think that's i think that's perfect
2: what would you do with five million dollars
0: I didn't you have a different question for me I didn't plan. on
2: didn't. <laughs> see
1: see now I gotta follow Royce and how he's like no I'm not that was perfect
0: no no you have a different question for me <laughs> you wanted um, you wanted to talk to me about uh, local music or something You said, and you're from your email
2: yeah so um, we were talking about or you had sent me an email we were talking about the Say Our Laveau project would approach and uh, you had originally, there were some names or something that you had gotten confused on and you were uh, kind of apologizing for it. But what it got me to thinking was like, what does this scene look like to outsiders? If you're, if you came to Kansas City and and, and not the whole scene but also genre specific you know, because you play music or you participate in music across so many different genres um, I just wonder what those cultures are like, what What was your impression when you initially got here? Has that changed? Is it still the same? Um, And any other thoughts that you might have?
0: Yeah, so... The first kind of scene I was in was uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. 97, 98, kind of. So I made a couple friends. uh, I was in high school. I was a a freshman. Uh, Made a couple friends that year. One of them played drums... Uh, older guys right so one of them played drums in a local band uh the other one introduced me to fugazi and the afghan wigs and some really Mm. like formative bands you know and kind of alternative real alternative bands right that weren't on the radio so the lincoln scene was the uh the first scene i was in and then i spent a year in minneapolis and um i was just working and i didn't really make a lot of friends up there so i was only there for a year but i went to shows every weekend and you know, bought every local CD I could uh, get my hands on. So that was a very, I was, I wasn't really participating. Uh, I was just going out a lot. And so then I came to Kansas City and I told the story last week about kind of joining Five Star Crush. And so that was my first, when I first came to Kansas City, 2006, 2006. It was really... I kind of duplicated what I did in Minneapolis, right? So I was, like, reading the pitch. If they would review something, I would check it out. If I liked it at all, I would buy it, you know, and just start grabbing CDs, um, kind of any genre. And then, you know, when I first joined a band, um, the bands we were playing with, you know, and we were playing at the, the Hurricane, for okay. those of us who remember the Hurricane... And sure. uh, and the brick you did
2: a bunch of open mic nights there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so rock early, hip hop late, right? That was.
2: Yeah. That yeah. was how it would go. <laughs> um,
0: and I guess so. I loved. Uh, I loved a lot of music. I discovered Approach real early on. Uh, my favorite, Kansas City band to this day is the Architects, uh, who I think are. They might literally be some days of my life. They're my favorite band on earth, period. Nice. Um,
1: uh, do you listen to other Americans?
0: Yeah, yeah. I listen to anything the Phillips brothers do. I'm yeah, in.
1: Yeah. Um, um, and Men's a Death Squad.
0: That's pretty dope, too. Yeah, yeah. He's doing some interesting stuff.
2: Man. Let's get all that in the show notes for those of us who don't.
0: No. <laughs> links, links galore.
1: Yeah, and I, I dropped the ball. Like I, I was gonna, uh, just to get 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 off track for just a second. Sure. I was gonna make notes of like, okay, like, this little moment here, like that that that'd be good to to put on a little clip, you know, spread it out, and then, then I just decided I was gonna talk and listen to you guys (laughs) I haven't done anything
0: yeah we endorse that's totally fine we endorse that plan Um, but I guess yeah. yeah the first thing that struck me and this is I mean this is ancient history now but the first thing that struck me in Kansas City was the scene was not as dense as Minneapolis like like musicians per capita in Minneapolis was so high gotcha and when I came to Kansas City it was like it was more spread out The clubs were farther apart. The shows weren't as full for local bands. Um, And I don't know, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go through 15 years of history, but, you know, I just, I listen to almost everything. You know, I'll check out anything local and, and see what it's like, you know. I very much believe, and this goes back to I guess this goes back to Lincoln, and which was kind of a punk rock scene at that time. This kind of the ethic of it takes everybody to to make a scene. And right, you know, right. you it's really important to me, like, I, whenever Dark Satellites or Mars Lights plays a show or anything, you know, we're there early to load in. We watch every band, like, up front, right? And we we always we're always there for the first act and we're there for the last act. And we're not back at the bar, we're in the crowd making the scene happen. And that kind of thing it's is really important to me, is to just you know, you gotta put a little bit out there. everybody has to put a little bit out there so that cool stuff happens. Yeah.
2: I agree with that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's that was that was my question. That was one of my questions. All right. You want to throw one out, Nate, or? <laughs> um, if if, yeah, if you're not ready, I've got one on deck.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've
0: got one for Nate too. So,
3: well,
2: I I I know
1: there. I have kind of the same question for you both. It's just it's a, a topic that I think both of you would be able to speak on. And I, 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 just I couldn't think of, of two questions each. <laughs> I, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to now. As, as you I, will, you will, don't worry about. It. Just, just hit us. Uh, the, but the, but the, 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 the one that either of you two, I guess, could answer, is probably probably could answer is just related. Like, I know that when Jarrett, you and Howie, or Jarrett and Howie were talking, uh, Jarrett brought up kind of he sees little bit of the entrepreneurial um, kind of mojo uh, in what you're doing, Howie, and your website and, and, and where you kind of blog, um, you, you put up videos and then have all your releases and stuff. Um, that's always something that I, I, I've wanted to, to have the, you know, consistency to to, to do. And and I've always, and I, I even had a website up and stuff, but I could, I could just never like blog on a regular basis. It always just felt like, you know, I I would would talk to myself and I'm like, "Ah, I don't need to, you know, write this somewhere else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I, yeah, I just kind of wanted to ask like when that started and how, how that started. And, and, and you said that, you know, you kind of got into it a little bit when you talked about what you did, um, you know, it's, it's, as far as like, you know, being parts of, of the scene and, and and trying to make make you know make the scene happen. So, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, just kind of where you got going and like your website and the thoughts behind it and all that.
0: Yeah. So, I'm definitely I don't think of myself as entrepreneurial at all because I don't make any money. <laughs> because <But, laughs> it's to me it's it's like uh, it's like curating an an art museum right so it's much more i think of myself as more a curator than a business person and and i see my role is to make it as easy as possible for anyone who's who's interested to access the art so if you go to mrfuriousrecords.com every release is there on the on the sidebar of every page, one click, you can hear anything we've ever put out. So like you're
1: like one of the most organized people I I know, like.
0: And that's important to me to have (laughs) like I want as few clicks as possible between someone out there who wants to listen and the music itself. But I'm not any good at promoting it at at all. Right, Um, right, right. And the blogging thing that really came from Rob. Rob was the first person. uh, Rob from Arturo Got the Shaft, he's been on the show. Uh, a couple Mm -hmm. times he -hmm. was the first person I knew with the blog and so that really kind of set I really follow that model to this day which is just it's like part it's almost like a a chronicle of what's going on and our musical adventures it's it's almost like uh, taking notes on the exploration right? so it's a little bit self-referential about what we're doing and everything but it's also designed to be read by someone who's who's not necessarily on the journey themselves or is on a different journey, so that if you were interested, you want to retrace these steps or, or check out this territory, you'd have some some guidance maybe, or somebody else's field notes to, to guide you along.
2: Oh, Same question to me?
0: Well, yeah,
1: because obviously you uh, own and run a studio, uh, and you put a lot of uh, hard work and sweat in, into that, um, and so kind of like you've always you've, you've kind of talked about like you know working for yourself and 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 being your boss and all that, but can you talk um, a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So, as far as with with music, um, I, I guess it was twofold. I always knew I wanted to 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 do music in a serious way Um, but it wasn't until my son was born and I was like reading a magazine and they were saying that uh, most children go into the same professions that their their parents do like 70% of kids go into the same profession that their parents do and I made a good living I was working in the restaurants and stuff but I immediately thought like there's no way I want my kid to be relocated to every weekend and holiday Um, slaving away at at some restaurant and I think that was the moment where I really started like trying to figure out where I was going to get serious in in life Um, and I came across this article that was talking about audio engineers and I was just like I didn't even know what that was and I was kind of reading through it and I was like well this sounds like a career you know what I mean like (laughs) you could do this and earn a living even if you don't yourself have a hit You know, Um, and so once I went to school for audio engineering, I just it would be like getting a degree in anything and then going to do something different. I just always knew that I had to continue to do that. But about thirty five, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to have to be on the road forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fun. (laughs) when you're 25 you know what i'm saying but i like sleeping on clean (laughs) sheets and shit like that yeah um and so i got i just started looking for a way to kind of pivot and you know there are people who go to school just for business it doesn't matter what business they're in they're they're business people um and i don't think that that's necessarily always what an entrepreneur is Like, my job is to solve problems for other people and get paid for it. And I just happen to do that through audio and music. Um, And I think it's really just a decision, man. It was just a decision, like, that I made when I was, like, 22. And then everything just kind of worked out, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) 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 There wasn't, like, some overarching plan. I promise you that. Uh, But, you know, sometimes that's what you need. You need to just step out there. You know, right. you, you got to. Let me rephrase. You still need to pay your mortgage, so you can't just jump out there. But you need to just take a step in the right direction. Well,
1: you know when you I mean? started uh, RAO and Random Acts and Music um, with Jason, was that like what prompted that? Like, what made you say like I, I'm going <laughs> to partner <laughs> with this in the studio? Well,
2: I there. was working with 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 pro and doing the stuff with Datura, And I had, I started really going serious and hard with, with him in like 2010. And by 2012, like I was, I mean, I wasn't rich, you know what I'm saying? But I was earning a living and I could pay my bills. You know, I could, I knew I had an idea how much money I was going to make. You know what I mean? Um, And I was still doing shows and I kind of stepped off on my own and started producing people And uh, putting shows together. And I did this music video, uh, the song uh, they want to be, you know, um, everything they want to be was this, the song that I did. And we were doing this James Bond kind of themed music video for it, but I couldn't find poker tables and uh, I was working at the taxi company at the time, uh, Yellow Cab downtown <laughs> and one of the guys was that I was telling about this music video he was just like excited, like oh my god you're doing a music video? I was <laughs> like yeah man but I can't find poker tables and he's like well don't you worry about it, I'm gonna find some poker tables and he did and some <laughs> like random dude showed up in my house <laughs> with these poker tables and I got to talking to him and um, he said that you know he really liked me, liked what I was was trying to do. I uh, wanted to know if he could get my number, and so I gave him my number. And like a year later, he called me and was like, "I want to introduce you to somebody. I know this guy. He wants to open up a recording studio. He's been checking you out, and he thinks you're perfect for it, right?" And I was like, "Okay, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all right, you know, I'll come down and entertain this." And I, I met Jason and he seemed legit and, and we really started hashing out like a plan for it bought the building, went in and, and started working and you know, once once the building was bought it was like, oh I guess this shit is real, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right, right I didn't do shows or anything for like two years, we were just kind of in like building mode, but that's how I got into to, to doing that down there and then, you know, you're talking about being an entrepreneur, like I had I knew I was going to record audio, but that was it. That but, was the only yeah, like you
1: had to figure all that out.
2: Yeah, yeah I had a had bunch like, of artists that I was working with at the time, so I was already recording a bunch of people out of my basement. So it didn't seem far fetched, uh, but I never would have thought I was going to be doing like commercials, you know. So yeah, haphazard. Yeah. That's been my life. <laughs> well, I, don't I don't think there's, there's any this other alley. way in the audio
0: <laughs> business. I mean. I think their space is everybody's
1: story. Hmm. You know, like your control room, and and uh, I mean, it's it's legit.
2: It's it was it's
1: it's, it's, it. I mean, it's it's a good good spot to listen to
2: music. It it was a lot of um, we learned a lot. You know what I mean? I learned way more about audio when I was able to build a space from the ground up and kind of like think about all the things that you've always tried to work around you know like clean power you know just something like that that just mm-hmm. protects your gear if you think about it you know like things like that and, and all your music is is energy so if the energy that you're getting it's only going to sound as good as the power you have you know so it, it was fun man it was, it was really really fun I wouldn't trade that experience for anything um, and I'm happy that it worked out you know because I'm sure it went south for a lot of people in much nicer facilities than mine, especially in 2020. Like, I've seen Mm -hmm. people come and go since we opened up. Like, 2012, we've been there. I've been there that long. They've been there since... He's been there since 2011. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So you did... It sounds like you did a lot of live sound between school and when the studio started to happen.
2: Yeah, so uh, not much live sound. I did some live sound. uh, But the second I came out of, well, even before I went to school, I had like an old Roland VS880 that I was like, me and my (laughs) homies were like making beats on. I don't know what the hell we were using back then, like just whatever we could get our hands on. Sometimes it was like, everybody grab something, we're going to go. You rap, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's how we kind of did stuff. Um, So I've always kind of been doing that. But, yeah, I did a lot of recording. Well, once I started selling, like, records and stuff, like, a lot of people wanted to come and record with me. They could hear uh, that I, you know, I I could get a better sound with the same gear or something like that. So they would come over to the house, and we'd record in my basement. It was crazy. I had a little sliding glass door because you know everybody's got smoke you can't have that shit in your in your house you know what right. I'm saying like so it was it was interesting it was real fun and my my girl man she's I love her I tell her I'm like man you're you're a special person I don't know if I'm special in the way that you are I always think it's interesting when people when two creatives live together. That's that seems really, really interesting. Maybe it allows not living with a creative allows me to be a little more creatively selfish maybe or a little stingy um, but clearly it works for people so anyway recording people in the basement and doing a lot of live shows we were
1: you uh, you have a, a lyric about uh, being a basement and in, and that's in that track
2: we're working it on together this moment um, oh yeah <laughs> we used yeah. to do it out the basement. <laughs> yeah just to yep. have a memory of us trying to make one yeah yep mm-hmm. man i'm man we were like i was 16 and that's just what we did man I, I never even thought about it until i was an adult and i was like oh you guys were playing football you know like i had no idea that mm-hmm. people would put that kind of time into anything other than making music i thought everybody was doing it and we literally like everybody else was getting laid man and we were just like making records (laughs) you know what i'm saying um i remember so fun fact um my dad uh was a legit street dude and what i would do was i had this little keyboard and i would record everything on my tapes and i had to do i had to Play one keyboard and run stuff from another uh, beat machine and, and play another tape into it to get like my whole recording. But I create like these 20 minute beats, you know, that were just just uh, I had no idea what I was going to do with them. And I go over there to these OGs and I would be trying to like, yo, check out my tape, man. <laughs> <Listen to> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I remember the first time that one of them was like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I actually like that one. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> let that one play. I was like, "Yeah, God, I'm, a, I'm a keep coming back," you know. But that was all I knew. I had never thought about like selling a record or getting famous. That never even crossed my mind. Hmm. With until I got to L.A. Boy, that's all everybody talks about, you know. Nah, nah, it's gotta have that spice. <laughs>
0: Well, I think That's LA crazy. Stories is a different podcast, probably. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's yeah. probably for sure. <laughs> Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Yeah, I got one for you on that one.
0: <laughs> Nate, Shit's do you want your questions?
2: Well, there's no way of, of avoiding
1: it, so you might as well just ask it.
0: It's not hard. It's uh it's about ambient music, so
1: okay. uh with your well, singles. It's still hard.
0: <laughs> It's not. It's not hard. Uh, with with your singles, you're, uh, I think, intentionally drifting, you know, a little bit in that direction. Uh, you've talked to me about being interested in kind of making some ambient music. We've talked about making some ambient music together, and we'll certainly do that at some point. So I'm just, yeah. Tell me about your history with kind of ambient music. What, what did you start listening to? When? and and what kind of has you interested in it at this point of your life?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, this is a little bit difficult because I, okay. you know, it's... it's I, I don't know that uh, I could say that I'm you know, well-versed in, in ambient music, but it's... I mean, to me, uh, this is, you know, just the way that i think about it it's it's sort of an offshoot of of electronic music so it was not at all like unnatural to 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 you know to want to bring that style into it i you know i think if you're you're always gr- growing as as a creative person right um and and to be honest with you it wasn't like i I don't know if I took it seriously until a little bit later in my adult life when I was like, dude, I, sh- I should really pay more attention to everything that's going on. So that's kind of when I, I started taking things seriously. But I mean, uh, I, I just, you know, back in like 2001, 2003, um, those years where I was playing music, more, more live music, but I was with DJ Not A DJ and you know, Jarrett and those guys, we, we just, you know, electronic music was what we were about and that's what we listened to. So just starting from there, like, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of, of any like strictly ambient things. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not, you know, I don't, I'm losing my train of thought about specific artists that I would have, you know, been drawn to, but you know, I think one of my big influences is Telephone Tel Aviv um even though I mean there's plenty of tracks where there's ambient moments but you know there's there's still a lot of energy and uh, you know things going on in their music but just that kind of down tempo um chill vibe it, you know, it's just stuff that I'm drawn to I don't know if I would produce or write or think differently if I was more um, you know, I had more ability to write like aggressive type of, you know, a more aggressive style. But um, just writing uh, and creating things that are, uh, you're kind of allows you to just, I don't know, relax and 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 you know, kind of release. <laughs> you know, um, things, is is what I'm drawn to, I think, is and it's,
3: yeah.
1: I don't think that you, at least I don't necessarily sit down with intention, <laughs> and, you know that that some people will sit down with attention. That and that's what you know, maybe their job is to sit down with attention, or that's just how they are. You know, they create things like I'm gonna sit down and write the song, and I'll write this style of music. I'm gonna, you know, this is what it's gonna sound like. But uh, you know, when I when I sit down and create, it, I just it just is, it's it's kind of like a you know you're just trying to, to relax and like let things. You know, Things, like, I don't know, I'm it's going sound cheesy, flow out of you, but that's not what I mean, you know. Sure, it's, yeah, but know, more intuitive, just, but yeah, yeah. You just sit down and you and, and you, you just let things out and you just release, and that and what comes out of it is what comes out of it. Um, you know, I, I definitely like I, I don't want to get like on too much of a tangent, but that's 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 what it is, it's it's wanting to have. You know, you want your music to have emotion, but you want it—I don't know—I I want space and I want like breadth, mo- mostly. That's that's how I feel. Like sometimes you, you you write something that is really, you know, like that's, you know, it's it's, you know, in your face a lot, but but my kind of internally and 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 intrinsically, like I don't want stuff to have, you know, space and, and, and width and, and be you know, something that you can kind of be drawn into. And that would be ambient, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a big one for sure. I mean, it's other things too, but yeah, that's a, that's a big one.
2: So Nate, when you're programming your drums... Like, first of all, your music is always, like, it feels very organized to me. So that's interesting to hear you say that it's not necessarily intentional. I thought that was just for, I don't know, I feel I'm more of kind of like a beat maker. So I'm always kind of like, what mood am I in? And then how do I capture it and then get back to it? You know what I mean? Uh, But anyway, my point is, it's like... What you do with your drums feels super freeing to me as a rapper. As, mm-hmm. it, it, and maybe because I was a, you know, 2000, late to, you know, 2010, whatever rapper. Uh, man, I, I just feel like I can write and, write and write and write and write, and I'm always gonna have the support that I need. And sometimes I'm thinking, man, it would be nice to have a drum right here. And then there it is. So (laughs) I'm just curious, like, what was that process? How do you how did you you said you didn't play drums or anything like that, right?
1: No, no, no,
2: no. So how did you, how <laughs> I mean,
1: you, I, I can play if I, you know, I can sit down behind a kit and, and, and play some you know, like basic rhythms, but I, I'm not. Oh, that's to I, me, by, that's by playing drums.
2: To, I, I can't they, even play the NPC like <laughs> that. So that's playing drums to me. Tell
1: me to do like a proper fill. And then uh, yeah, it's all, <laughs> the, all the illusion just, <laughs>
2: it's an illusion, so Michael. Give, give me like some, some background. Like how, how did you develop your drum sound?
1: God, man, I don't know. Like I, I, I honestly, I, I. That's one of the, you know, areas that, for a long time, I was like, that's the, you know, kind of the weakest part of of what, of, of producing, and maybe it's maybe it's it's mixing, you know, that, and, and rather than actually you know, programming patterns or making making drums, but. Um, I think it's it comes from like a place of, of not wanting to be bored, but I still I love listening to like t- generically like like chill beats like on you know like you those YouTube channels where it's like you know chill you know study beats or whatever like you know that's 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 not I'm not saying it's the same thing over and over again but it, it you know there's there's a sort of a hypnotizing sort of, you know, you know, it's it's not, meant, it's not, it's not meant for, for for you to be paying attention. Like, okay, what are they going to do next?
3: And, right, and, and right, that's, and
1: that's and that's and, and that's and that's and 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 I think overall, like a like an overarching view of what, like, like I'm the music I make isn't. It, I don't think I'm not trying to to make people like be like, okay, what's he going to do next? Like. If you're listening to like, like modern drum and bass, or like not not like even even you know more chill drum and bass, where it's like, you know, you're you're expecting things to happen, you know, or or like th- especially like dubstep and energetic music, like you're like if stuff's not happening like every x number of bars, like you're like okay, you know, I'm getting bored. And but when it comes to like programming drums, like I don't want. There to be necessarily, unless it, like the, unless the vibe where the song calls for it. Like I don't want there to be like just a repetitive pattern looping drums. Like I, I want there to be uh, variety, and I want there to be you know <laughs> yeah. if, I don't know like, what everybody else like needs 64 or 128 <laughs> patterns. You know like I I like I want there to be like some sort of variation um, in something. And I think, and I, it, I, I, it, and I guess long... that's maybe that's contradictory to what I was saying before. But <laughs> I, I don't, and I don't know if that answered your question like you wanted to be answered. But like when I go about programming drums, like I, I I'm like I want a good beat, but I don't want it to be like a loop. I don't want like a two or four bar loop.
0: I think I can pull that's... it together because. Because you have you you're very strong in kind of two sides that make a yin and a yang, right? So in the initial kind of comp- Thank you,
1: Howie, because yes, that's what we need right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> to rain, that asshole in.
3: <laughs> Wait, we did love I miss you. Something?
1: Nate. We love you, Nate.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just felt like I went off on like a
3: super
0: No, no, no. Let me okay. let me that's tie it together for. for you. Let me tie it together for you. So and this is what I experienced in collaborating with you on orbital debris. There's, on the one so hand. Now
1: we got o- to play orbital debris. On, uh, that some of the beds got be to be orbital debris. In
0: okay, we'll do that. On this, we'll do that. You're listening to a track off Orbital Debris right now.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: But so so on the one hand, you have this this very free, very intuitive idea generation and playing and, and coming up with things and and uh, you're never in my experience with you, you're not necessarily content with the first thing you play, right? You want to try another idea and another idea and and, and keep kind of assembling raw material. But then also when it comes to editing, um, you're very into editing and, and taking all that raw material and moving it around and chopping it up and, and making it do what you want it to do. And that's, I think maybe where some of that drum programming comes in and, and some of those variations that Royce is Mm. talking about that, um, you know, it's not necessarily just the first little kick snare pattern that you laid down, but it's, it's figuring out how can that change and, and where can the hi-hats go, you know, or what, is there a different sound completely that we could use? Um, and that, it's pretty cool that you can move back and forth between those kind of two very different modes of music making, the, the intuitive ideas, anything goes, and then the editor, well, how are we going to put it together? And, and you're, you're amazingly willing to just like toss out stuff that's not working, right? You might have come up with right. four great ideas that sound great in isolation, and then when it comes to the edit and putting it together, it's like, nope, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. <laughs> and, and chopping it out.
1: Well, uh, you know, I mean, some of, a lot of that, and then and, and and I'll be real, like, you know, probably some of those things that 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 you do to make things interesting um, when you're kind of moving at a slower pace than maybe someone else, um, you know, who, who's a slicker producer, who, you know, whose who sounds are or or are heavier or or. You know what I mean? Like, the more they would could get away with with, hey, you know, here's here, this is eight bars of these like super dope drums, um, and they sound really good, and so you're not gonna get tired of listening to them. But like, say like, someone who's at my level would be like, okay, well, I'm not gonna be able to make it sound like that attractive, <laughs> so I'm gonna try to make you know give it a little eye candy or. Or an ear candy or, you know, some <laughs> s- something that, that um, can keep people's attention.
2: I, I love hearing being, like, you guys boring. talk because you say the most interesting things to me. Um, someone who's at your level, like I can only dream of being at both of you guys' level. Like you're as good as whoever you think you're talking about. <laughs> um you know and and that's a perfect segue into your pain matters like when i'm listening to that record like i feel it i can listen to a lot of stuff that sounds big and huge and all that extra i don't know man like to me i've got a record called mirrors and smoke which is a play on you know the smoke and mirrors or whatever but that's the whole thing like if you listen to that record it's real raw it's real like stripped down and all that because the idea is that the lyrics were gonna be the thing that drove it and you weren't gonna be drawn in by all that other stuff Uh, yeah people have all those teams and all those teams do create a sound that people are familiar with listening to on certain formats but your music is equally as good as the best people out there You know what I mean? Like if a million people showed up on either one of your pages or sites right now, you would have that $5 million to go do whatever (laughs) it is you want to do, you know, and that's really what it is, man. Like, um, my, my signal flow record, my mirrors and smoke record, I like them. They're great records. And they were where I was at at the time, but man, I sold hundreds of records and it wasn't because I was the best artist in town. It's just that I was visible. I was available to people and and I continued to put music out and grow. Um, People are very forgiving for people that are genuine. So like when you were talking about, you know, with Howie's blog and you always wanted to kind of do that, the way I've kind of taken that stuff, man, it's just like, if I'm going to do this consistently, it's got to be something that that's in it for me. I'm getting something out of it. I can't just post on Instagram because that's what everybody's doing. You know what I'm saying? Um if I'm going to give you something it's got to connect in a bunch of different levels and layers and your music does that, man. Like both of your music, like I'm a fan. You know what I'm saying? Like a fan fan of of what you guys do. When you send me shit and you're like, "What do you think of this?" I'm like, "What?" It's like, Jay-Z just sent me a track, bro. and wants to know what I think. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, seriously. Whatever. Like, no, I'm I'm super, super serious. Like, I'm not gassing you. I'm not, or anything like that. Like, we've worked together since, it's been like three or four years. Yeah, man. We started we, we, working we, we, together.
1: We've got a good relationship.
2: I mean, I meet a lot of talented people, but I don't work with everybody, you know? That's that's the first thing I, I, I think I that was the first entrepreneurial thing that I learned that, that changed it from a job to a career that I enjoy. was like, yes, you yeah. need the money, but you need to search for, you know, people that you connect with and that yeah, you believe yeah. in, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you guys are, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, word, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, don't don't second guess what you're doing. That's why I'm asking you about your drum production uh, or talking about, you know, uh, your pain matters. Like I was listening to that shit, and I was like, "So wait a minute, you're just sitting in a room, playing <laughs> like, and you can create this while you're in a space? That's amazing to me. Everything I do is programmed. You know what I mean? Everything I do is programmed.
0: But I think I think we agree that, I mean, the performance is what matters in the end, right? right. Whether it's a synthesizer, whether it's a rap vocal. Well, there was, I mean amazing performances can be programmed. Um, but it's it's the connection between the musician and, and their instrument and themselves, what they're hearing, the people in the room, the people they're thinking of when they're performing. I mean that that beats any sound, any microphone, you know all that stuff is fun and great and wonderful, but perform that starts and ends with performance
2: man and Wu-Tang Clan taught me that because everything they made sound like garbage you know what I mean and that <laughs> shit blew up and you dig it you like it you know what I'm saying Like, but none of that stuff sounds like anything that would that's why they record their own stuff because engineers would be like no man you can't do that <laughs> and they're like that's the way it's supposed to be
0: yeah, that's actually a great example because the the performances are so good that they they take those sounds that any you know any other guys on those tracks and it wouldn't necessarily have been anything maybe
2: no it right but never the
0: performances are so good it actually converts the sound into a good sound because because of the strength of the performance
2: right because it's its own thing you know it's not trying to to it's not trying to be ariana grande you know what i'm saying it's like it's this raw gritty dudes who live on an island <laughs> you know what i mean and it worked um and i, I remember just being like super baffled because in the 90s like everything was crispy clean like you cut mm-hmm. your head off with some of those records you know <laughs> yeah. and then wu-tang clan came out i was like no we're not doing none of that shit <laughs> We're going to hit record, and 50 people are going to yell. I remember seeing them at the Granada, and I was like, what the hell is going on? It was like a circus. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was so interesting. Uh, no, I guess I'm just saying all that to say, man, I, I'm, I'm a true fan. Like, Even even if we're not having these podcasts, which you guys are doing, I mean, it's, it's great music. Uh, feel good music. And um, it's genuine. You know, like how he said, I'm not doing any of this for money. Like, I'm just putting my heart and soul into it. But well,
1: I, I think I can speak
2: for all of us when I'm
1: saying that we're, we're all having a good time doing this podcast. And yeah. I, I think it's because it's, you know, what we're all talking about tonight. I think, you know, I, I think there's people and especially artists that, you know, with, with, that want to come on and, and want to talk about um that that kind of just yeah. real stuff that 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 you know you probably don't talk about with anybody else other than like your your own band or um you know
2: well your and, and or, if or that or whatever. you know everybody's so busy but you know you do a, an album but you have 100 200 hours into that you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying and, and nobody right, to right. talk to about it right exactly so yeah and, and and again, like I said, it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized like n- not everybody's doing that. Like not everybody's putting in all that time and effort, and they think it's stupid that you're doing it. <laughs> you
0: <Yeah. know? laughs> and sometimes we wonder if they're right.
2: I know. Every time I hit a button, I'm like. Man. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, let's uh, let's go out on. I mean, speaking of great music and, and great performances, we're gonna go out on a new track of Nate's. By the time you hear my voice, uh, it'll be up on Bandcamp, and I think all the usual streaming stuff. Is that right, Nate?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I submitted it for distribution today. Okay. So, well, uh, we've,
0: got, we've got we've got it means like eight or nine weeks. days till the show comes out, probably. So.
1: Okay. Well.
0: Should be good. It,
1: it'll, it'll be on or it'll be soon
0: soon so tell us just a little bit about it and then uh, we'll let people hear it
1: oh well uh, you know I said I was gonna release a song every month and I think I started mixing this one and I or I picked it and started mixing it and um, you know I think see Boris you were busy so I wasn't gonna bother you with anything <laughs> so I bothered Sean um, and I was like yo man can you do like a chorus that um, like Heidi would sing like you would write for Heidi or you would have Heidi sing on you know one of your songs Like you know just a simple you know not not a lot of not, not, a, not like a, a story or anything like not that's you know I'm just saying like just you know a give, chorus. give him some ideas um, yeah right right and um, he was like yeah I could do that and he, and he sends me back like he texts me back what what it was and he, he, he sent me, like, a voice text, and it was, like, kind of singing it. And I was like, oh, shit, man, that sounds good. Can you just do that and send it to me then? Um, he was like, yeah, man, I'll get on that. Um, and so I had waited a couple of days, you know, I I like shot him a text, like, hey, man, let me know, <laughs> <laughs> let me know when you're going to get on that. Um, he was like, yeah, man, I'll get on that Friday, you know. And then um, Friday came, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start. Uh, Working on another track (laughs) Um, And I was fighting with it and fighting with it and Sunday he sent me uh, or forwarded me an email man It was Heidi's vocals. I was like, all right, well um, And I don't know if I should say this or not, but I was like, I'm gonna gonna take a day and (laughs) uh, So I can mix mix these vocals and And, because you know the track was more or less mixed and that was the, uh, 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 let's bring things full circle to, uh, you know, the first conversation we were having, which was the session in Pro Tools that I was talking about was this session. Oh, where, <laughs> nice. You know, when I mixed it, um, I had to, uh, you know, print, you know, I think two or three groups because my old computer was like, you know. Or d- didn't like it like Pro Tools it's like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this for you no Man. <laughs> like I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna process all this shit for you so um, you know fast forward to uh, selling some laptops and um, going Mac Mini um, which is you know it's kind of like a revelation man it's like (laughs) it's like wow so i can actually unfreeze these these tracks i can you know mix like i was you know wanting to and i threw on you know a bunch of extra tracks a bunch of extra processing and it was taking everything so anyway uh yeah uh, yeah you know
0: what's it called and where can people get it (laughs)
1: Yeah, you can cut some of this conversation out, too, so uh, Howie. Uh, it's called Beauty in the Distance. Well, And I have a um, question
2: about it, man. Um, so the drums on that are distinctively different than uh, the previous few tracks that I've gotten from you. What did you do mm-hmm. different, or what gear did you use different on that?
1: I think those drums are... Um, it's... I think that was just a beat that I made on the analog rhythm, man. It was just, um, and then, you know, I think I chopped up the kick a little bit to, (laughs) to make it different, to make it stuff that you wouldn't expect, even if it was a pattern. Gotcha. It was like, you know, you could listen to it and be like, okay, you know, I, I, am not getting bored of that. Uh, and, and, you know, the baseline is just kind of like a, you know, chill little, bouncy bass line and Heidi did the perfect you know uh, vocal comps for it from, from approaches there so
2: okay
0: very cool Beauty in the Distance was it that's right Beauty in the Distance get it at A-S-T-E-R A-L-E-S dot bandcamp dot com right. link in the description uh, enjoy the song thanks for hanging out everybody we'll see you in the next one